The By the Hood podcast is brought to you by the book, Own Your Time and Space, written by Corey Camp and Jimmy the Blueprint Williams. All throughout history, you will see time and space as having significant importance, but never discussed as it will be in this book. You can learn the true importance of time and space and how having a better understanding of these concepts can lead to a better life. It deals with ownership of not only your time, but the space around you. You can get your copy at ownyourtimeandspace.com or you can go right to Amazon and look up Own Your Time and Space. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast slash webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as usual, I have my partner with me, Core. What's going on, brother? What's going on, Jim? How you feeling today? Oh, man, I can't complain. I see you, you know, you in the office, the mobile office, shall I say. Um, okay. Still getting the work done, though, brother. That's, 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 uh, that's admirable. I don't, I don't have any choices, you know. know. Unless, you wanna, unless you want my kids stomping around in the background of every one of these joints, we, 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 we in the mobile office. You already know. All right, no <laughs> doubt. Listen, um, this is episode 40. This is a, a very special episode. We're continuing to pump out. Amazing content, highlighting brothers and sisters in the community who are doing amazing work, building amazing businesses. Um, we appreciate all the positive feedback. Uh, make sure that you um, hit the like button on this actual video. Share this video. Help us spread this content because we want to make sure we put some positivity out in the universe. Because um, it's important work that these people have done. We've had you know, accountants on, business owners, um, options traders, uh, community activists, all kinds of uh, amazing people in this guest is also amazing, and I was looking forward to this episode. We have a sister on who is a scientist, right? So we have a scientist who specializes in urban farming, amongst other things. Um, we're going to get her to tell her story and let us know about um, what she has going on. So without further ado, I want to welcome uh, Nadia Ruffin onto our show. How are you, sister? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, man, we appreciate your time. Um, you know, you're, 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 you're a busy, powerful person, so you spend time with us. You know, <laughs> we appreciate that. Um, yep. <laughs> like I said, I, I know, I know that you're a scientist so you specialize in urban farming, um, which is something I'm very interested in, but, uh, where are you from? What's your background? Um, actually I live in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, how I got interested in urban farming, I actually went to Ohio state and I graduated from Ohio state with a bachelor's degree in uh, agriculture. Um, my focus was animal sciences and, uh, pre-veterinary medicine, as well as, uh, entomology. Uh, entomology is the study of insects. Um, things happened when I was an undergrad. I got sick or whatever, so I couldn't apply to vet school. Um, but I did work in veterinary medicine for about 10 or 15 years, um, working in different hospitals, working in research. I actually worked at the University of Georgia in the wildlife animal disease research. Then it was a small animal medicine. And I also worked at the Ohio Department of Agriculture, Ohio State, and University of Cincinnati, um, just doing different types of disease research and stuff. Um, later on, I decided, you know, since I wasn't going to go to vet school because of, you know, grades and things, and then, like, actually working in veterinary medicine, I started to find out that it was kind of like human medicine, where it's just, like, promoting pill popping and, you know, vaccines. Even and amongst I the animals? Yes, amongst the animals. It's even worse amongst the animals, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that's um, so, kind of gangster. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what they do. You know, a lot of times they'll tell you each year to get your dog vaccinated for, you know, all these different diseases or your cats and things. And in reality, they probably only need to be vaccinated once. But, you know, it's a money maker. So that's how they, they keep running. 
they keep telling you to take these vaccines or take these medications and uh, they do the same thing with humans. So I was like, you know, that's not the type of vet I want to be, even if I got into vet school. And so um, I've always been interested in insects. I love insects and, you know, the way they, um, I was interested in the way they actually spread disease, um, especially like mosquitoes and other arthropods like ticks and things. Um, so I went and got a master's degree in entomology. Um, and my focus was medical entomology. Um, but I found that, you know, trying to focus on medical entomology, I found that people didn't know anything about any insects. And so along that same time, I was getting into, you know, teaching people about farming. And I started a, um, a Instagram account where I was just like showing people like I was planting a plant and I would educate them about an insect that may have been on the plant or whatever. And people like, they were excited about that. And so that was like in 2013 when I started that. And it has just grown from that point. Um, you know, I teach people how to farm, but I also teach people about the, you know, the important insects and everything plays in this vital, the vital role of everything that, you know, all the animals, all the people, the environment, how that all works together. Because, you know, people, they just want to, they want to kill the insects or they want to get rid of this certain animal or whatever that may be in their yard or in a farm or whatever. And you have to realize all that stuff works together and you have to figure out like why it works together. So if you eliminate one thing, you will cause problems in another area. So I try to educate people on that. Um, so that's what uh, I do. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean no, that's that's all interesting. Um, wow, it's a lot. It's a lot to unpack right there. Um, in terms of of how everything works in the circle of life. Um, not to sound like I'm on a Lion King or nothing, but right. <laughs> um, but it's true though, right? When you talk about yeah. insects, I never even thought about that. Um, yeah. but that's amazing, right? So. I know that you have a, a, a nice following on Instagram and people love your video, especially when you talk about things that you plan and what you're growing. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I see that I see the, uh, you know, the amount of people that are comment on that. Um, so that's dope. Uh, my question is this, though. Mm -hmm. What's going on currently? Um, what are your thoughts on this coronavirus? I'm pretty sure you have some thoughts on this whole coronavirus and people's <laughs> reaction to it um, or oh, yeah. act thereof. What are your thoughts oh, yeah. on this? Well, see, I used to be a disease investigator um, before I started actually doing the urban farming. For five years, I worked at the uh, health department here in the city that I work in. And I was a communicable disease investigator with the person that actually investigated disease outbreaks and things. Um, so if I was still there, we would be, you know, heavily involved with this coronavirus, especially we might have some pending cases here in Ohio. Um, but uh, I did a, a webinar last week about coronavirus and explaining what it is. Uh, people are, you know, they don't really know. It's so much stuff circulating on social media that can be confusing and things. Um, basically, coronaviruses, they have existed for thousands of years. They usually start in animals. And what happens is the, the, the virus can mutate and then it can make humans sick. Um, this particular one is a new virus. They've never seen this one before. Um, and I know people keep sharing these things about the Lysol. And the I know I saw you going off on your Instagram about people <laughs> saying Lysol or kill it. I saw, <laughs> yes. I saw you going off on people. <laughs> yes, yes. And um, I just, you have to educate people on the fact that, you know, these things are here and that things can mutate. I'm not going to ever say that it's not, you know, something sinister, some, some, you know, government or something can't release things, but there are things that naturally occur whether if it was intentional or accidental, it's out here now. But we need to be more concerned with the influenza, the flu, 
that's going on right now because we actually have had 10,000 or more people have died from the flu this year. Sheesh. So we're all concerned about coronavirus. You know, we have 10, I think it's about up to six, maybe 12 cases that have been confirmed of coronavirus here in the United States. No, we have no deaths here of coronavirus. And the last I checked on like the 31st in China, it was like up to 300 people that had died from the coronavirus. But if you think of influenza, we have 10,000 people that have already died, 14 million that have been infected, and 180,000 that have been hospitalized. What kind of strain yeah. of flu is going on over there? <laughs> it's, it's going on out here. This happens, this happens every year with the flu. That's why I don't understand why coronavirus took precedence over the flu, because we have thousands of people die every year. And, you know, flu, the flu season is not going to end till May. Um, so that number is probably going to get up until like the 40,000, 50,000 people have died from the oh flu this God. year alone. Let me ask you a and question. They're not talking about that. <laughs> and this is just, this is, a, this is my personal, um, personal satisfaction. What do you think about flu shots, though? They, they're not really effective because they never really know what strain to put in there. They're just guessing. So how they go about making the flu vaccine is they look at the flu that's occurring in Australia before we get the flu. So Australia's winter is different than our winter time. So when, when Australia gets the flu, they'll go over there and they'll collect the specimens and they'll say, you know, um, these strains are circulating in Australia, so they're probably going to be circulating when it comes time for our flu season. So we'll just put these in these vaccines. They're just guessing. So they're making, they're, they're preparing this a year ahead of the actual flu. And so they'll make the vaccines, the flu season will come along, they'll vaccinate people. That's kind of questionable too. Um, and then <laughs> what happens is, yeah, I won't get into that right now. Um, but what happens is people start getting sick and then the flu that they actually have in the vaccine does not match what is okay. actually at that point in time. So, I always wonder, because I'm, I'm one of these people, like I, I make sure I get my checkups, go to my doctors and all that. And I yeah. swear, I feel like he'd be like, he'd be pushing the flu shot like a used car salesman. So I'm like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, you know, just asking. But anyway. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that offline. Got to my doctor in case he see this episode. But, yo, um, yeah. anyway, um, I just want to talk about some of the things you have going on now, right? So we, we talked about the education that you give on your social platforms. But you mm -hmm. have um, multiple organizations and brands that you uh, run. Um. You know, you have your produce company, um, you have your uh, Ag Academy Labs, as well as your nonprofit. Tell us a little bit about your organizations, um, starting with, uh, how's it pronounced, Kiwi? Yeah, Kiwi Produce. Okay. Kiwi Produce was the actual company I started back in 2013 when I bought the empty lot and I started, I turned an empty lot into a farm. So on the empty lot, I grow produce, I have chickens, and I have uh, honeybees. Um, and from there, I would, you know, use it to teach, but I would also... Um, grow produce and sell the produce to people in the community. Um, so in the summer, you know, growth season is when that's usually active. Right now, it's not very active. I do offer like some hydroponics classes and stuff during the winter time through that um, for adults uh, so they can learn how to grow indoors without the use of soil. And I teach hydroponics and, you know, mushroom cultivation and introduce them to how to um, keep honeybees if they want to start that because you have to actually start now buying the bees, uh, like ordering the bees, ordering the supplies for the spring. Um, and then um, just with that kiwi produce, like I say, most of it, you know, during the spring, summers when I'm actually growing the things and selling it. 
Okay, let me ask you a question. How difficult was it, like, in terms of, like, was it any um thing you had to do in terms of zoning, or did you get any sort of fight from people when you got the lot and decided to grow? Did they get any sort of permit, or you just went ahead and did it? No, uh, actually, here in Cincinnati, they're pro-actual urban agriculture to an extent. Um, so uh, they want you to turn, like, you know, empty lots into some type of usefulness. You almost said that they're just collecting weeds or, you know, garbage and things, so... Um, turning into that, it was actually beneficial for the community. I, I met a lot of people that I would probably would have never talked to uh, because they'll go past and they're like, wow, that, that looks like what I used to have when I used to live, you know, down south somewhere. And we used to grow stuff. And I talked to like all these elderly people that would just walk past there and we have these long conversations and they would tell me about, you know, uh, how they grew things and uh, they would give me pointers and things like that. So it, it like it built a community that I probably would not have been able to build had I not put it there. Oh, yeah, and that's that's interesting. I, I I've seen though in the past where sometimes, you know, the politicians get involved, and it blocks progress because like the lots are sitting there empty anyway. Like, um, yeah, and you're, and you're actually you know producing with it. So, I'm right, yeah, just wondering. Yeah. So I guess you're, I guess in your in your area they're they're pro. You know, um, you're doing that. So outside of um your kiwi produce, you also have um. Agri Academy Labs. Um, what exactly do you do with that organization? So this is actually a new organization that I'm a uh, co-owner of. Um, and basically what it is, it's going to be a biotech technology type lab where we're going to actually sell different products and things and services from the lab. Um, one of the things we're going to get into is actually cultivating hemp and uh, preparing hemp clones for farmers. Particularly, we want to focus on black farmers because they're the ones seem to be getting screwed <laughs> in this whole hemp industry. And so we're going to try to help them out uh, as far as, you know, growing, you know, good genetics for them. So they, they'll be successful if they want to grow for CBD, if they want to grow for fiber, they want to grow for the flowers. It depends on what they're wanting to grow for. We're going to be able to apply those plants for them. Um, also with the lab, we're going to specialize in uh, entomological things like pest control, on your uh, plant that's organic um, and try to teach people, you know, how to prevent insect infestations before they start and there's things that you can do to prevent that from happening. And then also, uh, you know, with that, also offering some bee, beekeeping services and things like that, so. Okay, okay, yeah. and you, and go ahead, Corey, you had a question, Corey? I, I, I didn't have a question, I was, I was just like, I'm blown away by, that, that that gesture like you know to create the, the the plants for the for the farmers to clone like that's 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 pretty dope especially when you like you said that the black farmers have a, a problem getting in because basically because of lack of funding and capital yeah and yeah. to be able to have somebody that'll help them get into the game that's that's pretty dope yeah and, yeah. and it's funny that you bring that up i was just um you know reading um a book that was recommended to me and it was talking about um the history of black farmers and how, and how, um, you know, they got screwed and their land stolen. And it's like, man, yeah. but, this, but to see you doing this in 2020 is amazing. And I, um, I've seen an uptick in black farmers just being online, seeing a lot. Well, maybe it's always there. I just didn't see it, but now social media has shown me that, you know, black farmers exist and, but there seems to be a lot of younger people uh, getting into farming as well. Um, so I don't know um, whether that's because of access to information. It could be that it could a be a lot, lot of things. access to information. I was saying maybe it's access to information. Yeah, it, it, okay, so there's there's difference between farming and gardening. When you farm, you're farming for profit. So 
you may grow things that you're going to consume, but your main goal is to actually make money. So there's a lot of gardeners out there um, that they're calling themselves farmers, but they're really not, you know, selling products. If they are, they're not selling them on a level that, you know, can sustain their family. And that's what I'm trying to get people to is that level. Like you can, you can take a small lot and you can turn it into a profitable thing if you're growing the right thing. Uh, but you have to know what you wanted in your area. Um, okay, you know, that's a great area. Great information because I didn't know that distinction, but thank you for that. I, yeah, because, yeah, you know, certain areas, you know, some people might, like last year, Oprah was like in high demand and collard greens were in high demand and they actually were, it was a shortage of them uh, due to we had all that rain and stuff last year. Um, so what I try to do is I try to show farmers how they can grow on a small scale but still be profitable. Um, but the thing is, you have to be growing what people want. Like, if you're growing radishes, nobody eats radishes. Um, yeah. you, can, you can grow those right really quick, but you have to have a market for that. And that's a Man, lot that, of things. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a powerful business lesson, right? So we had a guy on before who was a, a marketer. He's, he's a, he, you know, he, he markets for corporations. And that, he mm-hmm. said something very similar. He said, a lot of times people go in business to do what they want to do as opposed to serving what the consumer wants. And that's kind of exactly right. what you said. Like, you know, right. you may, you want to grow radishes because you think it's fun, but yeah. nobody wants to buy it from you. So exactly. not really in business, <laughs> you know, you out here just, you know, growing radishes for, you know, interesting yes. though. Um, but other, other organization I'll ask you about it. I know you also have Agri-Academy Inc. What's the difference between Agri-Academy Inc. versus labs? Um, so Agri-Academy Inc. is actually a nonprofit. And it's more of the research aspect of the lab, but also it's community outreach. And what I do with Agri-Academy Inc. is I do a lot of outreach at the schools trying to get uh, black children interested in agriculture. Um, especially living in a city, the, the youth here know nothing about the industry. And I try to show them by showing them everyday things that they're surrounded by agriculture all the time. Um, you know, from the gases in their car to the clothes that they're wearing to the food they're eating, uh, agriculture is always there. Science is always there. And you just, you know, kids are being deprived of science now um, to the point that when they get to high school, you know, when it's time to choose a career path, they don't choose science because they have never been introduced to it. And so I try to introduce them early on, just showing them the everyday things like how it works. Like, you know, one of my classes is uh, I, I teach them where chocolate comes from. And so I'll bring in cacao pods and I'll show them the whole process and then like we'll make something with chocolate and they get to eat it. Or, you know, I brought in corn and I showed them about corn and then we got the popcorn. They got to learn the science behind that. But they also got to see how the plant is cultivated. And then they I also got to see how much money corn brings into this country every year um, with, you know, just with like the biofuels using the ethanol from the corn and things like that. So they didn't even know those types of things were going on and that they could actually get involved in if they, you know, either had some land or, you know, if they wanted to be the scientists that turned it into the ethanol. Like there's so many different industries that they can get into inside of agriculture. I try to teach them that it's not just farming. Um, it's so many different areas. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing yeah. what you're doing too. Yeah, and then you go, you go into the communities to do this work. Uh, I have a question about that, though. Uh, mm-hmm. You're serving the communities in Cincinnati. Is there uh, an online component to what you do? Um, I'm working on – so I do have an online school. It's more for the, uh, the kiwi produce where I teach the, um, the hydroponics and things online. 
but I'm working on setting up the uh, actual classes for the youth as well. Um, it's just hard doing that online because a good part of, like the best part of learning is actually having a hands-on component and like online, if they don't have access to a chicken because like one of the classes I teach about chickens and I actually bring chicken, like real live hens into the classroom, not the little fluffy chicks, but like real live, you know, two foot tall chickens and they get to hold them and touch them. And so trying to teach that online and if they don't have access to the chicken, it kind of takes away um, no, 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 that's fine. I just, you know, I just wanted to know because, you know, there's not 50 of you in the country. I know, I know. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, there's kids around, you know, every state, you know, there's, there's black cities in every, you know, right. in every place. And, you know, what you do would be more than welcome in almost every single city around the right. country. So, you know, that I, you know, I had to ask because you know, everybody's not going to be able to come to you to get the information and knowledge. I know, I know. And I, I, so I'm trying to work on that. Um, you know, I've talked to a few people. They say they, that they want to have, like, the curriculum. And I have the curriculums. I'm just trying to put them together and see what's the best way to present them online, like, as an online, like, uh, module, or just let the teachers just, like, sell them the curriculum and let them figure it out. I haven't figured out how to present it yet. Um, okay. Because okay. it seems, like I say, like the chickens and, you know, the hands-on components, yeah, you can go out and buy corn and stuff, but if you don't have access to a chicken or, you know, I have a veterinarian come, a black lady that's a veterinarian, um, and she'll let the, 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 the children do like an, an exam on an animal, a real live animal, and they'll use a stethoscope and stuff. And so it's like things like that, if you don't have access to that, it's kind of kind of hard to, you know, grasp that idea online if you don't have that actual model sitting there with you. Understand. 100% understand. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, again, I'm always sitting there thinking like, how can I get, you know, some stuff? I need to learn some stuff myself. And like, you know, you need to do some consulting because yeah. um, I'm living in a I city. Do that as well. <laughs> I, I live in a city. So, you know, the, the, the space and in Philadelphia, we have row homes. So like the space that you may have, um, but there's still, I still have a yard though, right? So, you know, just trying mm -hmm. to figure out how to make that work because um. A lot of times, like, I, so I have a neighbor who has, like, a, a little farm or whatever, but I always wondered, like, with, like, cats, because we have a lot of cats in the city. Mm -hmm. How do you keep cats away from whatever it is you're trying to do? Without trying um, to, because I don't want to harm a cat, obviously. I'm not, in the, you know. You can put, like, fencing around it, uh, like, chicken wire. You can make, like, a fence around it. Around it. Um, if you have a dog, that'll, that'll kind of deter cats out of your yard if you have a dog. Um, but a lot of times, it's just going to be fencing. To keep them, especially if they're trying to use your spot as like a litter box, you have to yeah. be fencing or just chase them out. Or if it's like somebody's cat, you need to tell them like they need to keep their cat in their yard or in their house. Um, but if they're strays, I mean, you have the city come pick them up. Or <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy in Philadelphia, Corey. You know, what I'm talking about in the city, like we got, we got uh, yeah, everybody start off with a cat and then when they move, they cat stay behind and they can't become <laughs> right. a, city, a, a street cat. Yeah, we got right. like a what's the old cartoon Heathcliff? We got a bunch of uh, yes. yeah, we got that, <laughs> we got the street the street cats out here. But anyway, um, let me let me stop uh, stealing your time for my uh, personal benefit. But um, let me ask you this though: in building your businesses and doing everything you do, um, if you had to say what was what was the biggest hurdle to get to where you are today? Um, because I try to keep my business mostly black, getting people our people to understand the importance of what I do. 
Um, because a lot of times I still get hit with, you know, oh, I can just go to the grocery store. I don't need to go at myself. Or, you know, there's so much confusion about, you know, things like hybrids and all this stuff. And when you're trying to explain that type of stuff, the message isn't always received from you. Now, somebody else that doesn't look like me tells them, oh, you know, this is what it is. They, they, they're more accepting of that. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand why we're that toward, way towards our people. Like, I went to school for this. I, I done studied this. Like, I, I sit and I watch these plants grow. I, I know what I'm talking about. But it's like, it's hard to convince our people that, you know, I, I'm, I'm legit. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was the biggest hurdle. And that's, that's still the biggest hurdle. Like, getting people to come to the classes that I have. That's why I switched to online because I was having such a hard problem you know, getting people here right in the city to come and join my classes. Um, you know, I, I've offered, I've even offered free classes and couldn't get them to come in. So it was like, it wasn't that the price, because a lot of some stuff was free or like really cheap. And uh, then, you know, I had to up the price because, you know, this is my livelihood. I have to make a profit. Um, and it's just getting people interested in, you know, science and agriculture, you know, Everybody now online, because of the information, whether it's good or bad, everybody's an expert in everything now. You know, people mm -hmm. have never even gone to school for something. Now, now they're an expert. And we have all these, these herbalists and, and these man-made doctors and <laughs> self-made doctors, <laughs> I mean. And it's like, you have to, like, weed through that. And then, you you know, you got people following along with that. And you're trying to tell them, like, what, you're, what, you're what they're telling you is not valid. It's not right. It's not right. It's not true. And, you know, these people have such a huge following that they're like, oh, they have to be telling the truth because all these people are following them. But again, it's like, you know, they have a persuasive marketing. They, they can trick you into believing something like if they can tell you this tea is going to do something and you believe it, then you buy it. Yeah, they're going to get that following, but the tea's not doing anything. There's nothing in it. <laughs> yeah. And I was just going to ask you, like, because I, I see what you're talking about. Every day, I spend a lot of time on IG, so I see that every day. What is yeah. the biggest, like, um, shall I say, I don't want to say misconception. What is the biggest thing you see that just, that's a pet peeve of yours that just bothers you where you see a lot of people believe it and you know it not to be true based upon, you know, um, these quote-unquote mentors giving them this information? I'm going to say this. I'm probably going to get attacked when somebody watches this. The alkaline diet, like, that. Ooh. that is the biggest it's a big money maker. It has its good parts because it's getting people to eat fruits and vegetables. That's the good part. We need fruits and vegetables. We have to need a balanced diet. And I don't want to get into that whole, you know, people should just be vegan and all that. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, I think we should just have a balanced diet. The okay. problem is that why people are getting sick is they're not, they're not eating things that they grow themselves. Or, you know, they're not eating wholesome things. They're eating junk. So if you're going to the fast food restaurants all the time, even if you're getting the salads there, they're, they're pumping all types of things on it to preserve that food. And that's, that's what's making us sick, the preservatives, the extra salt, the sugar, all those chemicals and all that stuff. If all that was eliminated, it wouldn't matter what you ate. Like, so it's more, about, it's more about whole foods per se than... Yes. Okay. It's more okay. about whole foods and it's more about, you know, eating foods that's not been, you know... Not processed. chemicals, yes. Not, yeah, non-processed. Okay, okay. Yes. I'm with you. That makes sense. And, um, so, you know, the alkaline diet has done a good job at getting people to eat fruits and vegetables, but the science that's being presented is just all off. Like, they're saying things that are alkaline. 
I don't think people understand the pH scale and what they're saying, like things, certain things are alkaline. I'm like, that's not even alkaline, that's acidic. And then the things that they're saying are acidic, they're not acidic, they're actually alkaline or, you know, they are acidic, but they're not bad for you. And I think people don't understand, like our bodies, we're nothing but a chemistry project. Like our stomach has acid in it. Our blood is at a certain pH that it monitors its own self. It doesn't need you to help keep your blood at that pH. It has buffers in there to keep it at that certain level. Um, so no matter what you eat, it's never going to take that out of whack. If it does, you'll be dying like within a few minutes because yeah. what happens is your cells, they're in an environment that they can't survive in and they'll start to shut their body down. It's not going to be like you're going to be living for like six months. No, you're going to die within that day or two. Um, and so it's just things like that, like the, the chemistry behind it, because a lot of people, you know, they, they didn't major in chemistry or they didn't go to school for biology. They don't know how the body really works. And, I, and I'll just throw things out there, and that's how I know that people don't understand. Because I'll say, like, you know, it's a general question. And they'll be like, oh, I didn't know that. Or, you know, so yeah. I'm like, but then you're following this, and they're telling you this. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, kinda... and listen, I can't imagine how frustrating that is, yeah. right? Because yeah. it's one thing, I, I'm thinking about this as you're talking, because I talked about seeing more people into, um, you know, people calling themselves farmers. Now, I guess now that you still, now that you, like, made the distinction, a lot of them yeah. probably are gardeners. But the fact is, like I said, I'm, I'm thinking maybe it's because it's more information, but the problem with more information, it's a good and a bad, right? Because yes. all the information that's out there isn't great information, right? Right. We have right. access to all this information, but it doesn't mean that it's good information. It's just information. Um, right. And someone like, you know, so to make the analogy of what you're talking about. So I practice real estate and have practiced real estate, went to school for a master's degree in real estate for 20 yeah. years. And I see all these quote unquote gurus online. Um, selling yeah. people like just yeah million dollar packages, and it's like, I, I so I understand what you're saying, but man, man, that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. So um, I just want to tell you though, I appreciate the work you do because um, I learned a lot Thank from you. your page. Uh, Corey told me about your page and said, "Listen, we got to get the sister on." So I went to your page. <laughs> I was going down. I'm like, you know, this is it's like you know, for me, someone who doesn't practice this is very educational. So yeah. I want to say continue the work that you're doing, but what's the future? What do you see for yourself in the future with these organizations you've created? Um, you know, are you going to show other people how to do the same thing you did with the lot, get their own lot? And so what, what is the future for your business? Um, like I said, I'm going to really try to get in this hemp industry. Um, trying to get in this year, uh, Ohio is still haven't released the application so that you can actually cultivate it here. Um, but my goal is to move back down south because I used to live in Georgia and I really liked it there. But I don't know if that's going to be the final location. But I want to go back down south. I don't, I don't really like Ohio for a lot of reasons. Main one being cold. Um, but uh, my future is, is that I'm just going to, you know, focus more on the research aspect of agriculture because that's needed. Uh, there's not – I don't know of any black labs that, you know, specialize in um, biotechnology for – you know, agriculture. I mean, we have a few labs, you know, dispersed throughout, uh, you know, United States, but they're focusing on like, you know, chemistry or things like that. But there's not really any that are focusing on actual, you know, helping farmers, um, trying to improve plant genetics through like breeding and not, you know, necessarily do through um, using the GMOs and all that stuff. Um, it's a lot of stuff that's gonna have to be undone to 
you know, fix the environment. And that's what I'm trying to work on. Um, you know, when it comes to the entomology aspect, I'm really heavily, in, you know, working with bees as well as other pollinators. Um, and then, you know, teaching people how to organically uh, control those insects so that we don't have to keep putting all these poisons into the environment that's, you know, killing not just the insects, it's killing everything. Um, and so a lot of my, a lot of what my future holds is doing a lot of research. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. That, sound, that sounds amazing. Um, so if someone is out there, right, and, and, and mm -hmm. they're interested in urban farming or agriculture, um, and they're, they, you know, they're, they're a novice, they have no idea. Is there anything you, like outside of your page, obviously, is there anything you could point them to a book or maybe another page or YouTube channel or something that, so they can get like a basic knowledge or understanding if someone wants to like do more research? Um, well, I do have some YouTube videos on my YouTube channel. Um, and then I'm going to, I offer every year like these webinars where I teach people how to container garden and things like that. So if they're interested in that, okay, I do, I do consulting. Uh, I can do it either in person or if you're out of the state or whatever, I do it uh, via video conferencing. Um, and I've done that for quite a few people, uh, walking them through whatever they were trying to do. Um, as far as, you know, if you're wanting to learn something, I would, I would stay more on like university websites or research, research papers, if you can understand them. Like I know sometimes they, they kind of load it with, you know, these big scientific terms and things, but staying on university and research papers, you're going to get more valid information versus, you know, just doing a, a random Google search and it'll pull up all types of stuff. Some stuff is true. Some stuff, there's some truth there, but then there's some other stuff that's not true. And then mm -hmm. you have the, the nonsense. <laughs> got you, got you, yeah. got you. Oh, well, listen, I just want to say thank you for your time. Um, I've learned a lot uh, in talking to you um, in a short time. And I just want to say thank you. I'll continue to follow everything that you got going on. Corey, before we get out of here, anything you want to say? Yeah, uh Nadia, anything that you want to plug, make sure that people get to you, 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 your, your YouTube, your, your, uh, your things, you know, give them, some, give them something to go to because you, you, you the plug. You got the information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, is your, what is your Instagram? We're going to put it in the um, description box of everything, but what is it for the people watching the video? What is your Instagram? Um, it's Urban Farm Sister, and that's S-I-S-T-A. Um, my YouTube is also Urban Farm Sister, um, as well as my Facebook and Twitter. Um, I have some other ones, but you can get to them off of that. That's my main one. Um, okay. If you want to. So your main your main platform you're on is probably Instagram. Um, yes, I have the most followers on my Urban Farm Sister Instagram. Okay. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, you can find um, everything else from there. Yeah, if you can find anything from there, and then like if you send me an email, it's urbanfarmsister at gmail dot com if they have questions as well. Um, I usually try to answer within the day or two uh, emails or things. Um. But I'm usually always on like Instagram. I get Instagram messages all the time. Uh, people trying to have me identify something for them or whatever. So I get that all the time. <laughs> all right, no doubt. We we appreciate and and keep up the good work and make sure you keep up the work with the children because I think that's amazing. Like um, I have a nephew who uh just started a saw, which is an agricultural school here in Philadelphia. Okay. And I told him. I told him. Um, so he has an interest, in, and I'm telling him like, listen, you know, I'm trying to buy these lots up. We're going to start, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know I'm, trying to, I'm trying to put my, my expertise and I'm trying to get him to get his expertise, like, you know. But now I know the difference. I'm like, yeah. you can't be, now I know that I'm going to go back. You can't be a gardener. You got to be a farmer. 
You yes, know what I mean? Yes. Not, <laughs> I never knew that before. No one ever broke it down like that for me. But thank you. Um, thanks for your time. Thanks for everything. And uh, to our folks out there, make sure you share this information because this is a sister. Someone looks just like us who's out here doing something different. Like we have black scientists out here who are specializing in agriculture, um, growing food. You know, she said she got chickens out there. This is amazing to me. Um, so I'm very excited about this episode. But, uh, you know, um, listen, as we always say, people, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates, and we shall see you all in the next episode. Peace. Yeah.